0: my friends. Happy Wednesday. The doctor is in the house. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G on this great day. I tell you what, today's show is going to be fierce. We are talking everything testosterone. That's right, fellas, testosterone, ladies too. But this is going to be a great show. I'm so excited to keep this journey going on here today. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. Welcome back. I'm a board certified internal medicine physician practicing out of Edward Hospital in Naperville, Illinois. And I tell you what, today's topic is something that I wanted to talk about for a long time. A number of months ago we did a show for the ladies. We talked about something called paging the OBGYN. We talked hormones and and a lot of other things at that time. And I encourage you to go back to my website, www.drmarkgobos.com, to check that out. But today, testosterone. We're going to be breaking down myths, facts, and other realities of this awesome hormone for the guys. Hey, I want you guys to do this. I want you to share the show today. Keep this message going on. I've got a great panel of experts today. My great friends, you're gonna meet them in a few moments. We're gonna be breaking it down. We wanna set the record straight. And again, when it comes to things that we do on To Your Health with Dr. G, it's all about building trust and delivering truth. At the end of the day, we want you to all to be healthy. Men out there, ladies out there, anybody out there that's listening to us, we want you to have the tools for success as you have success with your health. You're going to be more likely to have success in your life. So welcome back to another episode of Tear Your Health with Dr. G. We're here live on Facebook. We're here also in the studio at Intellectual Radio. And hey, we're going to have a great show today. So we're going to break down testosterone. But before we break it down, let me hit you with a quick disclaimer. The content of Tear Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only. And that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com slash disclaimer. So here we are. Again, I've been wanting to do this show for quite some time. We want to set the record straight. I'm going to probably tell some personal stories of some stories of patients that have come in. But this hormone, testosterone, such a vital hormone. We're going to break it down. But again, for us as men out there, and really this show, the show is for everybody. But the men, I want you to pay attention because really the reality is that we want you to have success with your health. But there's so much Things, there's so many things that are out there. Guys, we get inundated by testosterone advertisements, this theme of machismo. I mean, everybody's gotta be like a bodybuilder or, I mean, or, or a baseball player, but we get inundated with information, but we wanna set the record straight about testosterone. You know, we have a couple great board certified clinicians that deal with this issue on a daily basis and can advise our men. At the end of the day, again, we want you to have all sorts of good health. Everything like that. Hey, so let's do this. So let's get right into it. So, for those of you that are new to the show, what I do each week is I interview my great friends and colleagues, experts in their field, at the top of their game, and we talk about a particular topic. Today, we're breaking down testosterone. So, I want to introduce my guests, and you guys are going to, I tell you what, my guests today, they are fierce. And I say that every week on the show because we only have fierce guests, so that way everybody's still happy but it's true so hey welcome back again to the show so let me introduce my guest today my first guest today uh he is awesome i gotta break it down then let me read you his credentials because his credentials run deep so i'm gonna introduce my friend dr kyle Kiriluk. he's a board certified urologist with euro partners check him out www.europartners.com dr Kiriluk, welcome to the show Thanks so much for having me, Doctor G. It's uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it all week long. Yeah, so I'm so excited. I got to tell a quick story how we know each other. Of course, uh, I know your wife, uh, Doctor Doctor Shivani Jain, Shivani Kirlik, and she was on my show a few months ago, breaking down the gut microbiome. So after after we had an awesome show with her. and By the way, check out that episode. We broke down the gut microbiome with Doctor Kirlik, his wife. Uh, and then after week, after uh, she and I connected here, we you and I have been connected. We had a great dinner together. We met our spouses and all that kind of stuff. And I go, "Hey, we got to have a show." And so I'm so happy to be here. so happy that you're here today. So let's, let me ask you this: Where did you go to medical school? Let's break it down a little bit. Where did you go to medical school? Where did you do your residency? And maybe a few opening remarks about testosterone things that you may hear
1: in your daily practice. Absolutely. So uh, I went to medical school at Rush University in Chicago, and then uh, residency at University of Chicago. Uh, testosterone, kind of as you already alluded to, there's there's a lot of stuff out there and uh, a lot of I think myths associated with it that um, you know in for men they kind of it, it's almost like a snake oil back uh, back in the, the Wild West in some ways in terms of what they say it can do and and what expectations patients have uh, a fountain of youth and and that's not that's not always the case. Excellent. Well, I'm so excited, though. We're going to break this down and get a little more granular
0: with you in a moment, but thank you again for coming out today. I want to introduce my next guest. He and I go way back to our days at Loyola University Medical Center, Uh, a longtime friend of mine, expert colleague as well, too. Uh, and just just a great human being and runs an awesome practice. So, I want to introduce a good friend of mine. I'm going to read his credentials because I don't want to mess them up. His credentials run deep too. Again, everybody has great credentials. Here we go. My next, my next guest, Dr. Hong Lee. He's a board certified endocrinologist, diabetes and endocrinology group. Check him out. www.drhonglee.com. Dr. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Hey, Dr. Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you go to your medical school? Where did you do your training um, and your, your fellowship? And also a few opening remarks about what the theme of testosterone means to you today.
2: Sure, sure. So I went to med school in Minnesota, U of Minnesota. And then afterward, I get my internal med residency and the fe- endocrine fellowship um, at Loyola, okay? And now I'm practicing um, in the HINSTEP area. So, you know, me being an uh, endocrine clinic, so, you know, we see a lot of diabetic patients, patient with thyroid, but in terms of uh, hormone life, right, female hormone and male hormone, which is the you know, low testosterone this that's, that's the patient that we see, you know, uh, every day. And then actually, interestingly, because when we look back, we just look at the prescription of testosterone in the U.S. market from 2012 to 2019, it go up by five-fold. Wow. So let, let's just let you say, you know, with the more media, coverage
0: coverage more awareness that's why you know it's something that we see a lot so i'm glad you do this episode too. all right well thank you dr lee and again uh I, you know my thing today is really to kind of set the record straight again you know we want you out there we want you as as listeners to the show to to make the right decisions but we want you to make informed decisions at the end of the day you know we want you to get your health information from trusted experts Licensed clinicians. I don't want you to get your health information from I'm gonna be honest I'm just gonna real talk, but I don't want you to get your health information from some uh, high school kid That works at the local health store You know I want you guys to be invested invested in your health so you can make the right decisions for you and your well-being But again our job as docs is to make sure our patients have success We give them the right tools for success And part of that is making sure that we're telling the truth again uh, building trust, delivering truth is what we do uh, on your Dr. G. So now you guys have met my guests. It's so awesome. So what we do each week, you've met the guests. We break it down a little bit for you. Again, we're talking about everything testosterone, the myths, the facts, and other realities. So when people come to our office, we call that the chief complaint. The chief complaint, when somebody comes to your office, it's the reason why they're there, for you, those of you who don't know. And so they tell their story. So today, the chief complaint, a.k.a. the question of the hour, is... I'll read it to you. Men are inundated with many testosterone advertisements that appeal to machismo. So what are the myths, facts, and other realities of this hormone? So we're going to start like this. Before we dive into this, i want to just ask each guy, because I ask this to all my docs that come to the show, just a general term. Let's ask this question. Just generally speaking, before we dive into this, um, let me ask you this question. So how do we create, I'm going to ask this to Dr. Kirilov, just generally speaking, how do we create urgency in health you know how you know we we, we we can't deny that we have health epidemics in this country just a quick quick kind of take on this what, what do you think that we should be doing out there to improve health just
1: kind of quick take I asked all the docs you know it's a it's a, a very challenging situation and um, you know a lot of especially men in general uh, they don't like to come in to see the doctor you know we we kind of ignore our, our problems sometimes and you uh, you know, I, I routinely see it in, uh, more commonly, not with testosterone so much, but someone with blood in their urine, and it's been going on for months, and yes. they just say, maybe it'll get better, maybe it'll get better. Uh, I think we just have to have open discussions whenever we can about the importance of uh, coming in if you feel there's a problem, and, and we're, we're here to help out, and it's not scary to see the doctor. Yes. A lot of times, people are really afraid to come in, and it's usually a conversation uh, more than anything else. I love it.
0: You know, we've got to have that conversation. We have to be open and we need to be, and know what we want to do. Dr. Lee, just a brief kind of opening remark on, just generally speaking, what should we be doing to live healthier
2: lifestyles? Live healthier lifestyle. I mean, for me, you know, I see a lot of patients who are like overweight, obese, or with type 2 diabetes. I think I will focus more on, you know, we have to, you know, really revisit what we eat. A lot of time, I told them, just like you say there's a health urgency, like, you know, forget about the norm, because what the norm, what everyone in your house, in your at work, they eat, maybe everyone is not eating well, your, your, your exercise intensity may not be enough, so forget about the norm, you think about what really good, you know, sometimes I even ask them, look back on the video show in the 70s, see what people eat, the amount and the choice, so that's how I kind of like encourage them to. Think outside the box think about oh everyone it this way well then everyone is not good that's why you know now in terms of diabetes and obesity is kind of endemic in this country
0: yeah I agree I, you know for me I tell my patients I go you know I bring it on three weeks ago, go what do you want to do uh, why do you want to do it and how are we gonna get there? Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have to have those kind of frank conversations and not be afraid as clinicians to talk to our patients on whatever health topic. Yes, we're gonna be focused on testosterone. We're talking about testosterone today, but, but we want people to be comfortable. There's no such thing as crying wolf when it comes to your health. And I think every doc here, the docs here today, would agree as Dr. Kirillich just mentioned, you know, something's going on, and it's been going on for longer than probably a few days or so, you might wanna think about getting that checked out. You know, on the flip side, you know, you know, some people will say, I don't want to run to the doctor for every single thing that's going on. But again, we want you to take ownership of your health because, again, you're going to take ownership of your life. So here we go. So testosterone, and I like that. Thanks, guys, for a little opening commentary As ask it all the docs. So here we go. So let's just break it down a little bit. Testosterone 101. So I'll ask this question to, to, doctor, to Dr. Kirlo. Just generally speaking, uh, what is
1: testosterone? Well, it's uh, viewed as the you know, male hormone, so to speak, and it uh, supports several important functions in the body, uh, sperm production, and uh, uh, helps promote muscle uh, growth and bone health. Uh, there's some controversial aspects about testosterone in terms of uh, cognition and, and overall brain function, but uh, I think we'll probably yeah, get into get to that in a little up. bit. Uh, yeah.
0: Awesome, you know, I always say, you know, when I tell my guys, and, and again, we're talking about why why do we seem to be inundated with information, we're getting into that kind of stuff because it's just there, but I always think, like, guys want to get, like, an edge, you know, guys want to have an advantage of some sort of life, and, and maybe, you know, this kind of advertised miracle, uh, uh, this, this, this uh, miracle uh, drug uh, might be the answer to all that ails that person, and I think, you know, and, and human curiosity always comes in because, you know, hey, You know, this might give me this edge. I'm looking to lose a little weight. I'm looking to gain a little muscle. I'm looking to be better in the bedroom. I'm looking for for anything. I'm looking for cognition or whatever it's going to be. And so guys, I think not every guy is gullible, but many of us us guys may be gullible and start doing these kind of things and spending lots and lots of money. We can all tell stories of guys that have spent a lot of money on testosterone uh, supplements out there and have gotten zero... Uh, benefit from a clinical standpoint. On the flip side, maybe we've all had those cases where somebody might try something uh, without consulting their physician first, and then they actually do have some benefits. So let me ask this question to Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee, generally speaking, where is testosterone made in the body? Just yeah. making the testes organic. Yeah. And, so, and so and so and so I I always tell this to my guys out there, uh, protect your nuts. And <laughs> so at the end of the day, yes, yeah, so we make the t- testosterone from our testes uh, and the testicles, and certainly has so much to do with everything uh, male secondary sexual uh, uh, um, uh, characteristics, the growth, as Dr. Kiriluk talked about, and other things as well too. So I mean, testosterone is we need it. Uh, we're just so inundated with so much information, we want people to do it the right way. So let me ask you ask you a follow up question, Dr. Lee. Sure. Um, you know, there, we're talking about some of the many physiological effects of testosterone in adults. You know, um, <laughs> but again, we get inundated. So, does everybody, in your opinion, do us guys? Do we all need to be bodybuilders? Do I we mean, all need to be baseball players or football players? Because it seems like that's what the advertisements are out there for. Hey, you can be a baseball player, a football player. Just take this testosterone. Yeah, I
2: think maybe there's a, a commercial component on that, but. I have to say, you know, when I look at my patient, you know, like for some patients, maybe they have more physical work, or they maybe in law enforcement, or construction, or farming, maybe they have a different expectation in terms of like, oh, you know, I, how much strange or muscle I need, and I, they don't want to deteriorate, as opposed to many of us on the office, work is different, so maybe kind of like, also based on, you know, back, the background too, you know, I mean, that's
0: how I see it, so. Yeah, and again, I think I think that's where, you know, remember those days when guys used to, I mean, they're still doing it, but back in the days where guys would, you know, take a needle, and injection the, in, the, in the gluteus, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the butt, and then actually get these massive gains from doing this hormone, and there's no doubt that there's a lot of truth in that, mm-hmm. but there are some potential perils when you're doing that kind of stuff, and again, we want people to get their information from docs. If they want to do something in their, related to their health, I always say as an intern is I say, consult me, ask me. I may have an opinion, uh, uh, but but I want people to have that conversation before they potentially give it to some potential challenges. But there's no doubt that hormones are so powerful in the body uh, and that some of the gains that you can get are amazing. And again, everybody, I think for us guys out there, we're looking for that edge. And I'll be honest, I've seen some of those things as I'm reading through a magazine. I'm like, huh. You know, maybe uh, maybe maybe my wife Miss Tiffany might want to see me a little more buffed up a little bit uh, and uh, she's listening to this show right now <laughs> but maybe she wants to see me a little buffed up a little bit uh, or do something like this so or I feel like I want to get a little more energy a little more prep on myself but I would say you know what let's look at more of the more of the real causes maybe somebody has low energy because they're not getting good sleep Maybe maybe the diet's got to change maybe they're not doing what I always advocate predominantly plant-based, nutrition maybe there's oh, unburdened stress because you're commuting an hour each way each day to the work and back and so there's other things that you got to look at the plate instead of just jumping right to the magic bullet
1: so to speak what's your thoughts on that dr kiro oh absolutely i mean you uh you're kind of going over the vague symptoms that people present <laughs> with with low testosterone and and all the time people come in and say you know i'm tired i think i have low t and it's like well i'm tired too you know I and mean, who, who isn't tired it's uh so it's it's something where the the, the question is always, are the symptoms someone is experiencing, is it truly related to having low testosterone? And then uh, if I'm going to do an evaluation, I, I always set the expectation that even if you have low testosterone and we correct it, you may still have the same exact symptoms. And, and it's kind of, you know, we have to look at quality of life and how this is going to help you.
0: Dr. Dr. do you want to expand on that? And since you, that, that Dr. Kirill, Kirill just said that, that you know, you can correct certain things and then guys are so symptomatic. Can you give some more examples that you see in your clinical
2: practice? Sure, sure. To follow what Dr. Kirill said, you know, like there's a lot of symptoms. Some of them may be more like general that could be overlapped with, you know, can be from hypokermatism, but also can be from other stuff, lack of sleep. Anemia or you know hypothyroid, right? but you know from us from the endocrine standpoint, there's only three things specific. When we see that, we say yeah, more likely, quite sure is it your low testosterone. So those three things: one is um, you know they like suddenly the, the testes get smaller. Okay. The second one is if a acute as an adult suddenly losing the um, body hair in the uh, armpit and the groin area. Okay. And the third one is if you look back the history, it seems like they never get complete puberty. Okay. in terms of the um, body hair distribution or maybe the voice, you know, they kind of almost look like kind of voice. those are the more specific. Ones. But other than that, you know, there's, you know, all the other things in terms of sex function, erection, libido, those can be like multifactorial, like you
0: said. Okay. And just, I want to repeat what, what Dr. Lee just said, you know, you mentioned a uh, smaller testicle size, loss of some body hair in, the, in the, your armpits, uh, and then also you mentioned what was the last one you mentioned? So incomplete uh, purity. Incomplete purity. Okay, very interesting. So, so you know, again, if guys, if, again, I tell the guys out there that listen to the show, if you're feeling something's wrong, talk to your physician. Uh, I cannot understate that. Uh, you know, I cannot state that even more clearly. We want people to, be, to 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 come to us. Whether you come to me as an internist, or you see Dr. Kerlich as a urologist, or you see Dr. Lee as an endocrinologist. You know we want guys to go ahead and come forward with that information Again, we want you to have your best life and your best health but without having that initial conversation we gotta we gotta talk about it and again i don't i've had plenty of guys that come in my practice that have spent you know six seven eight months taking an over-the-counter testosterone stuff with their local from the local health food store from the local high school kid that's selling the product and and they to the tune of spending you know hundreds of dollars or a thousand dollars i had a guy just a few weeks ago that came in uh, had six uh, six months on a on a, on a product that I'm not going to name, um, and he said it didn't. I go, why did you start taking this? Well, I'm having fatigue. You know, I want to lose some body fat. I want to gain some muscle. And the guy's in his fifties. You know, he's got obesity. And you know, and he's like, and so I got, so I asked him straight up. I go, you know, did you notice anything? Is your energy better? Did you get, did you shed some weight? And and, and the answer was uh, was clearly no. And and so I kind of said, you know, I could have saved you hundreds of dollars and we could have maybe just you know, had this conversation and then start to work it up a bit. And so again, you know, we want guys to go ahead and get your health information from, from the docs. So let me ask this question um, to Dr. Kirluk. So Dr. Kierlach, uh, uh Dr., Dr. Lee mentioned uh, low testosterone, also called hypogonadism, but I have to pick your brain on this one. So there's so many words to describe uh, low testosterone, so I want to read you kind of this word soup of things. So here it is. I, I, I got it written down because I want to read this. So, the word soup of low testosterone, hypogonadism, uh, androgen deficiency syndrome, androgen deficiency syndrome in the aging male, also called Adam, andropause <laughs> or male menopause, male menopause, late onset hypogonadism, male hypogonadism, or the newest one to this day and age, testosterone deficiency syndrome. So, let me ask you this question. Does it all really matter? You know how you name it. I mean, you got to call it. You know, if a ducks a duck, it's a duck. You know, if a quack's like a, like a duck, it's a duck. does it matter when you're seeing
1: patients, like how you how you phrase it. I mean, what do you say? You know, it's just, just, just treat. Yeah, it, it, it really the the name doesn't matter so much, and uh, maybe part of that's marketing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because the, uh, the <laughs> male menopause. <that>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it just it does come down to um, you know what. Is it is it truly from low testosterone? And if I correct that, will it truly help um, improve quality of life? And are there any health benefits to, to, to changing it? What um, you know what I'm interested to hear about too is just what is truly the definition of, of low testosterone? We don't even agree on a value for what normal ranges are at any particular age, and it's uh, you know, for all the money that's spent and all the the time that's spent on it the fact that we don't have that information is uh is, is always been very interesting to me
0: dr lee why don't you expand on that a little bit because uh, it's it's true you know you might have patients coming in and say hey uh, uh check my levels first like check just check my level stock and then you give them a lot so say you do the test and it comes at you know 300 or 500 or you know why can't we have any consensus on the matter and you know how do you kind of approach that where you see a lab You're really trying to look at at the patient as a whole
2: and not necessarily focus on the lab. I would say a lot of time, you know, when they came to see me referred by the primary doctor, um, many of them maybe already have the initial workup, have a testosterone laboratory, let's say. Then I will make sure I look at the lab, I make sure it has to be due in the morning. And also, the other thing is ideally they were fasting overnight because actually, after someone eat, it can lower your testosterone, so the number can be falsely a bit low. Okay. So ideally, we, we could, I would understand them, because testosterone release is kind of like diurenal, you know, kind of like circadian rhythm, so I would say, if you can do it two hours after you get up, and if if, if time allow, you do it twice, then we'll get a good number, yeah. So you are a
0: big advocate of repeating the test, so say like I, as a primary care doctor, over to the test, mm-hmm. and it's low, and then I send them your way, or um, you, you're very much an advocate of making sure that they repeat the
2: test. If they could. And okay. I have to say, if possible, I would try to get the one with both total and free testosterone in one combo. Okay. Because, you know, the, the free testosterone is the really the, the soldier, the army, and the blood to do the function of testosterone. And then, but the total gives the three combined with the reserve. So it's more accurate. We know the three. It's true that even with my um, organization, Endocrine Society, they, they recommend you can start with uh, the total. But for me, I can see sometimes the total may be a bit off, but the free is okay because some people may just have a bit lower reserve. Um, so I would say we get both and we get a better perspective. It's so a good
1: look Part of uh, part of the reason also for getting that second check has to do with insurance. you know if you if you don't have that second check, insurance may not cover it. it is quite expensive. There are some other, clinics that may rely on just the one and charge it cash only yeah, and yes so we are you very with, familiar you know, with some of those clinics yes, that are out so, there they will remain um, nameless yeah, absolutely so i mean <laughs> they it's know an, who they anyway. are yeah. but if you you know if, if you truly have the diagnosis it, it should be something that's consistent over time and and that's also part of the the point of, of making sure that that's the case. Excellent. You know, it's interesting, I was at a
0: conference uh, not too long ago, and um, where this, uh, actually, it was pr- actually probably when I was trying to take my re-up my boards two years ago for internal medicine, and, and they did a lecture on testosterone, and they had uh, guys come in that are considered now andrologists, and I thought that was very interesting. Again, going back to this word soup. Um, of different words, ways to describe low testosterone. But I thought it was very interesting because testosterone is legit. I mean, it's real stuff. And so we're presenting some data on, on the clinical implications of testosterone deficiency or male menopause or antropause, whatever we're going to call it. And so things like insulin resistance and diabetes, inflammation, atherosclerosis, uh, hardening in those artery walls, hypertension vascular stiffness and so having actually having having a combination of high blood pressure uh, uh plaque buildup in those walls with hardening of those walls as well too that is risky there's no doubt that that is risky for heart attack cardiovascular disease so 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 we don't want guys to be kind of my take-home message from that uh conference was we don't want guys to be hanging out super low plus they might feel physiologically they might have some physiological manifestations where they feel like feel like crap but, but there are some implications in having it low. Of course, we, don't, we want to prevent diabetes. We know that about, if the, according to the CDC guidelines, 80% of diabetes is preventable if we just have a healthy lifestyle. So is 80% or 80% plus or 90% plus of cardiovascular disease preventable. We just don't do these kind of things. And so, so my point is that, that we want to take testosterone seriously. If a guy has low testosterone, we want to properly work that up and hopefully start some proper treatment. So let me ask this question to Dr. Lee, and we'll do a few more of these questions related to low testosterone, and then I want to kind of flip the thing. So say, say there's a guy mm-hmm. out there and he has sort kind of I guess the question I'm trying to say is like, when should, you know guys are coming in, they're coming off the street say, "Doc screaming, screaming, screaming. Are there any particular patient profiles you're looking for when you're going to screen them for low testosterone? Is it like this patient with this diagnosis, this patient with this diagnosis, et cetera, et cetera. Is there like a, a typical patient um, based on their past medical history that should be screened?
2: Oh, for screening? I would say yes. I would say yes. I would say in general we won't recommend just broad screening because there's some studies show that even 30% of people who, I don't even call them patients, but 30% of men, you know, they can have no symptom, But when you check it, the testosterone level can be a bit on the low range. But if, if you talk about who should be screened, I would say there's really broad, but for sure, if someone um, have the symptom of fatigue, and then you have, you know, those, you know, we talk about the losing the, the, the body hair, and then combine maybe with a history of, you know, some patient, they have HIV, oh, sure. HIV that can cause it, and um, also if patient, we you know, with a history of, like, some head injury, like some cancer treatment, or radiation. Those those may play a role. You okay. know, you know uh, Doctor Care. are you seeing any particular guys that you might see in your in your practice
1: and you say, ah, you know, what maybe we should be screened at all? Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, you know, what what's a little more common for me is anyone that has uh, fertility issues. Uh, oh, that's uh, yeah. that's really important to uh, to evaluate, and um, especially you know, typically for that we'll also be getting semen analyses. If semen analyses are normal, then it kind of uh, Uh, obvious need for that but uh, also erectile dysfunction uh, Mm -hmm. in general and it's uh, it's something where a lot of men again come in with erection problems thinking that they may have low testosterone sometimes they do and and that can be a help but a lot of times uh, unfortunately erectile dysfunction is a a marker of other just cardiovascular Mm -hmm. illness and and it's important that they come in and have screening and also realize the, uh, the, the cardiac implications behind that.
0: One of the first things, speaking of erectile dysfunction, one of the first things that I do if a guy comes in and sees me is before they get the little blue pill that's out there, I do a full cardiovascular workout. I found a number of patients that have failed the EKG or failed a stress test. And looking at the reason why you have erectile dysfunction is, is, is a truly a vascular issue. And so before they can get the blue pill or any similar pill, they have to have a full clearance from a cardiac standpoint because it's dangerous we're talking about you know uh, at the end of the day heart disease wins out over over uh, over erectile challenges but let me ask you this question because it's because you know how do you have that conversation of like with a guy and maybe i'll ask this question to dr dr lee first and then you can, he can uh, chime in so say i have a guy say i'm a guy mm-hmm. i am a guy but it's <laughs> <laughs> you know it is what it is but say i'm a guy i'm you know 35 40 years old I'm not thinking about 15 years from now. I'm, I'm just thinking about, hey, I'm here, I'm present, but maybe I have high blood pressure. Um, you know, Maybe I got pre-diabetes, maybe I'm diabetic. But how do you have that conversation with guys like in their 40s and say, hey, by the time you're 50, you actually may have erectile dysfunction. You know, you know, how do you even get that? That's not even on somebody's radar when they're in their 40s. And then of course you see the guys when they're coming to their, your office in their 50s and they may, and they may have erectile dysfunction. You trace back to history, you find out hey, there were some risk factors for this. Also, let's check your testosterone too. But how do you kind of have that conversation with when to plant the seed um, uh, with patients that
2: may be at risk for erectile dysfunction? I think me being a male physician talking about this with guys, with man patient, usually is okay as long as you know I show that respect, I'm more than not making fun of them. I just brought it up, like you know. So do you still have morning erection? Or how is you and your partner? You know how is this? Your libido, your sex drive, or how's your sex life, and and usually people are pretty open about it. Yeah, they may be a little bit m- more embarrassed if their spouse is in the room too. And but you get a good point. right? we, we sometimes we don't ask, we don't know. They don't they don't brought up they thought This may be part of the normal aging. But we brought up and say, yeah, now you're not that great. And can you imagine, ten years from now, or when you're 50, 55, you'll be worse. That may give them even more initiative to get the blood pressure
1: better, get the, the weight and stuff, yeah. Yeah, we have to talk less, so What's your take on that one? Well, you like, well absolutely, you know, I, I think it's, uh, and, and I don't have to deal with this as much as, as both of you, but uh, struggling to, to help people control diabetes and high blood pressure, they don't see the initial effects of that, uh, but for erections, that is oftentimes one of the one of the first signs, and, and that can be, you know, something that may, motivates them to take control of the situation. Excellent. Let me ask this question, because there's
0: some things, you know, we're talking about some of the things here, hey guys, you're listening to us here, we're at Intellectual Radio Studios, well, you're listening to us live on Facebook, we're having this conversation about, about um, testosterone, we're talking a little bit about erections right now, and that's fine, because we want to talk about this kind of stuff, because a lot of guys have these kind of questions, we're talking about it in relation to uh, low testosterone. So let me ask this question, and, and you kind of already, I like, want come back at you, Dr. Kierlik, uh just to be kind of clear, so say you are treating a guy that has low testosterone. You're treating him for erections, and things are not getting better. Um, you know, you treated the testosterone. Maybe you've had the level normalized, but the erections are still, still, still bad. What are some things that you're doing at that point to help the guy? If the guy's sole mission is to achieve an erection, <laughs> what are some things that you're doing oh,
1: for that guy? That uh, you know, it's it's a you know, it's kind of an algorithm almost, right? I mean. You start with medications like the blue pill. If that doesn't work, there are, you know, injectable medications that everyone's a little bit nervous about, but they can work well. There are actual surgeries where you can implant an artificial device that uh, that works. Um, another thing, just in general, I always tell patients to be open with their partners. Uh, sometimes troubles with erections aren't aren't really a uh, a medical issue, but just daily stressors and anxiety, and uh, and those are things that if someone's open with their partner, it helps relieve the situation and it can improve things. Okay, Dr. Lee, let me ask you this question. You know, you t- mentioned earlier about some of the specific,
0: more specific symptoms, guys that may have had some, may have gone through incomplete purity, guys that have smaller testicles, guys that have lost some body hair in the, in the armpit region um, or the pubic region, reduced shaving. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier, there, there are some less specific things, you know, and, and fatigue is such a broad description. When people come into my office and they say, hey, I've got fatigue, you know, of course me as an intern, I'm thinking of every single possibility, and this may be hard to nail down in one visit, uh, but a lot of guys will say, hey, i got fatigue, um, but are there some other kind of less specific things besides just a fatigue or decreased libido or some erection challenges that might, that might signal uh, low testosterone in a guy? Like, other less specific. Oh, yeah, right? less specific symptoms, like maybe, like, sleep challenges, or Dr. Gerlach mentioned, you know, controversial about concentration or mood
2: or things like that. Yeah, I would say, you know, like, from the, like, not that specific, I think, you know, like, you say, the uh, sexual function, the ejaculation, and then maybe sometimes they complain about, like, less to, harder to concentrate or brain fog, I and mean, those could be, you know, could be, yeah.
1: Okay. Dr. Gerlach, your talk, your uh, take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, if I if I had someone that comes in and says you know my 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 partner uh, feels that I'm not interested in them anymore and it's a uh, it's a lack of libido that that's affecting the relationship that's always something to me that uh, that I'm worried about low testosterone.
0: So, so let me ask you the final question because I get this all the time. So say I've got the you know, I've got the couple in the room and you know they're saying oh, I'm not interested in this relationship and they say doc check my check my testosterone and of course it comes back normal yeah because we've <laughs> all been there when it comes back yeah. normal and then they say well. It's gotta be a testage, you know, what, what's, what's next? You know, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard challenge to go through to say, like, why does a guy, you know, you can't always explain why a guy's got decreased libido. Uh, or, or, I mean, you wanna try to explain it, don't get me wrong, but, 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 but sometimes you just can't. And maybe it is more of, you know, maybe there's some other symptoms, like they have, you know, maybe depression, or maybe there's some other kind of mood disorders that are going on there. So it's always kind of a challenge sometimes when you see that. Let me ask this question. Uh, and again there's this thing that always comes up when I'm thinking about these ads again, we're inundated with things and it's all oh, there's this ad that's on the radio it says, guys, know your levels. So as a as a urologist, as an endocrinologist, me as an internist, does the level really matter? And actually let's define this first. Maybe Dr. Lee I'll give you this question. Is there a level that your your society defines as low
2: testosterone? yeah I think there's a range and, and the range will be you know kind of sometimes can be specific about the lab you use There's a range and then I would say if if the lab was doing the right time and the patient would like in the morning well after a good sleep and and you know it could be low if it's low combined with symptoms then yeah I would say yes likely they have hypokineism okay. yeah. what number just out of curiosity what number do you define like what number do you use for uh, for a cutoff i I would uh Again, I would look at the free testosterone more, and then I would say, um, I forget the range right now. I think the range is, it's so funny, I was looking at
0: it today, um, because I had a patient, I was looking at some labs, Mm -hmm. and I thought from at least our lab, it was like 50 on the low end, or 46 on the low end, Mm and up to about maybe 170 or so on the high on the free levels. And then on the total, you know, three hundred considered so low, up to like twelve
1: hundred. That's just a gigantic range, yeah. and it can mean completely different things for each person. A- absolutely, yeah. and I, you know, I use a I use a cutoff of three hundred for total. Mm-hmm. There are some societies that use two fifty. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I find it easier to use just a higher, you know, everyone more is more, more, more is always better, right? So, um, yeah, I use three hundred and. Uh, it's interesting to hear your take on the free versus total because uh, it it can be a little controversial in, in, mm-hmm. in terms of how much that that ratio matters. But uh, certainly something that I'll consider going forward. Yeah, thank you. So let me ask this question. So we're
0: talking about certain things, obviously testosterone that's a game goal today. So some people will say, well, Doc, how do I get my testosterone up? You know, and so I kind of think of it as a as a clinical as a clinician. You know, hey, obviously, there's, there's treatments out there. We think of, like, the FDA-approved uh, agents that are out there, the, the pharmacologic agents, let's be honest, and then, of course, some of the non-pharmacological. So I'm going to take the non-pharmacological approach, uh, and I'm going to kind of pick your guys' brains on what you guys do from a pharmacological approach. So I think, like, again, so if, if a guy's out there, listen up, guys. Here we go. We're going to break it down for you. Uh, so, so if a guy has, for example, if a guy has sleep apnea, you know, treat the sleep apnea, you know, because uh, actually some, some guidelines might call for uh, guys with sleep apnea to be screened for testosterone. Uh, exercise, weight loss, you know, going back to the basics, uh, I think that's an important thing that we, all of us should be doing and maybe it has, might have a benefit. Now, I can say that we can all probably say we've advised people to exercise and they do a lot of stuff and they still have low levels. Um, stress reduction, meditation, yoga, that's also a good thing out there for people to do, but we should be doing probably that stuff every way. Anyway, uh, a couple of things I like to do, if guys are on opioids, actually it's been shown that opioids can actually help, can actually lower some testosterone levels, so you going to get them off of opioid therapy. Very interesting on that thing. It's something that I, that I learned relatively recently at a conference, and I thought it was quite interesting, but we know there's an opioid epidemic going on, and so you want to see what the effect of that on testosterone levels. And then I think like the last thing I'll probably say is just getting back to, like, return to normal sleep. You I know, can't underestimate the importance of sleep. Uh, and it helps the body recharge when you're sleeping. You make some growth hormone. Naturally, you feel better. You know. Hopefully, you're waking up with some nice serotonin levels, this, level of, this feeling of well-being, and, and you have some pleasurability and some dopamine, and maybe all that kind of leads to uh, you feeling better and maybe helping that testosterone grow. So has this question to Dr. Kirilich. Dr. What are the kind of pharmacological agents um, from your end, I'll say from a urologist's end, and then
1: maybe Dr. Lee from an endocrinologist's end on what you guys are doing. So, like, what, I, what I'll use for replacements? Yeah. Uh, you. So, you know, the, the standard one that I start with, just because it's easy, is, uh, is a topical gel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are... Uh, I- implants, essentially, that are that, that you can place in the skin and release. It's like a time release over time. Uh, there's like a an injectable that's a long-lasting injection, and then there's, you know, more traditional injections that are given, you know, every two to four weeks, depending on the situation. I, I have patients that have had all those products, and there's kind of pluses and minuses to, to everything, but, um, you know, it really does start to come down to patient preference in, in some way, in okay. my experience. Dr. Do Lee, you, do you
2: find yourself doing some of the same techniques, same approaches? Yeah, I would say um, the gel and the weekly injection, the one that I use the most often. I think, I mean, for the, uh, for the, the older population, 50 or above, you know, they may like gel, they don't have to poke it them themselves. The gel is good in terms of, you know, it's very steady, you know, like, you, you do apply every day and then it will just stay in the system, like, steady. Uh, for the shot, the good thing about the shot is earlier. Dr. Kerry talked talk about. Sometimes insurance approval would be a bit harder. So for the for the for the injection, if, if we talk with the patient, the lab having confirmed that they are hypogonadism, sometimes even if the insurance don't cover, for a pair of pocket for the for the injection is still actually quite affordable. So that one, you know, I will have them do, you know, every week. You know, sometimes you know they may even do like lower dose by every three days, so there'll be less of the peak trough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do recently uh, approve a pill, oh. As a, if they approve a pill, you do it twice a day. But that pill is not for everyone, but they are, like, especially because there's a, this pill can increase the risk for high blood pressure. So they even have a black box warning. it may increase the risk for like stroke and TIA. So that one is mainly for patients who really have a structural problem, like client filter in the testicle, or some problem in the brain cannot not release the stimulating hormone, so that's for those.
0: You know, you mentioned like, you know, know, there's no such thing as free lunch as the saying goes, and and yeah, um, you know, if you overshoot some targets or guys are taking some stuff, you know, on, on the street or whatever, or they're taking some of these subs that might be available without a prescription, yeah, there's you can potentially have some, there are some complications of super physiologic, so above the physiologic uh, goals of testosterone, you mentioned high blood pressure, cholesterol, we're seeing that, liver disease, you can see a lot of different things that are going on there, you know, mood issues, you know, insomnia, and so a lot of things can go on that again, the, the high school kid at your local health store is not telling you that kind of stuff, and so, again, we want you to get your information from your doc, uh, because I think it's, we have to be honest with our patients and tell them all the risks. Again, there's no free stuff, there's free lunch. But we want to, certainly our hallmark of treatment is to make guys
1: feel better uh, and continue to have success in their health. I, you know, I, I think that um, you know I have a lot of patients that you know again they, they see the visual results, the muscle of, mass, of baby. but external appearances do not equate to healthier insides. That's, that's and, so and, I like it's, that. and it's something that you know people think they're healthier, but in fact. Um, they, they may be having risks because of, of the use of testosterone yeah. and it's important to know that. Uh, yeah. Dr.
0: Lee, any other kind of side effects or things that you may see if we if the targets are overshot or people that are coming in off the street and seeing in their practice but they may have some symptoms of, of maybe higher levels of
2: testosterone than they ought to have? I think in general, like the testosterone, you know, it can promote uh, bone marrow to make more rapid cells. So some people can have a higher uh, amount of blood in the system which could be, you know, when the blood is more viscous increases the risk for blood clot and yes. um, and stroke too. So even though the risk is relatively low, but those are what we explain to them and some of my patients maybe I even recommend them to, to do therapeutic um, um from like the electric
0: blood donation to lower the blood count. So excellent. Well, hey, I want to do this, guys. We've been having this awesome conversation. I got to get into my myths versus facts section. Sure. Uh, for those uh, that are new to the show, and those, of course, that are that have been following the show for a long time, we do something every week called myths versus facts, setting the record straight. So here we go: myths versus facts. That test So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a statement, and I'm going to have my panelist say myth or fact. We're going to kind of keep it kind of boom, 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 keep this going on. And there are right answers. There are opinions, of course. But again, we want you at the end of the day, even though we're going to do this, I want you at the end of the day to talk to your doc. You know, you're hearing some stuff from us, but talk to your doc. So here we go. Uh, myth or fact. Dr. Kerlick, you get the first statement. I'm the, I'll say the statement. You say myth or fact and tell us why in a few sentences. Here we go if your doctor diagnoses you with obesity metabolic syndrome or diabetes then the root cause
1: is low testosterone i would have to go myth with that one and and i would say it's actually the exact opposite that. More likely, your, uh, you know, your, your, uh, diabetes is uh, is the cause of low testosterone. We know that uh, if you're overweight, if you have extra fatty tissue, the fat actually creates estrogen, and then the estrogen blocks testosterone from from uh, being produced in the body. Excellent, I agree. Here we go. Next one. Here we go, Dr. Lee. Here's a statement. Low
0: testosterone is under-treated. And underdiagnosed, myth of fact. Can
2: I say depends? Yes you can. Hey, it's your, it's your <laughs> it it's I think the studies did show good. Good. that in the last decade actually there's um, there's more awareness. But you know, lately, you know, there's um it may be some articles say that there's a concern of actually underdiagnosed with because now there's the media not media I should say, actually there's now there's sometimes there's some reports say that that may be a negative effect on the cardiac health. So sometimes it kind of like draw us, the provider, to offer the patient so it may be undiagnosed on time.
0: Yeah, I, and I would agree as, a, as an internist, you know, we want to keep people treated, and, we, and certainly some of the studies that have been out there associating low testosterone with a whole host of increased risk for other uh, metabolic issues or, or physical diagnoses, so I agree with you. All right, here's a
1: statement. Dr. Kiriluk, low testosterone is a normal part of aging. Uh, we don't know, I would say. I mean it's it's something that uh, again, we don't know normal levels across age ranges. and um, you know, I think that many men will have levels that uh, that that stay normal as they age, but we do expect some decrease over time and Whether you say that's normal, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah. (laughs) I agree. Wonderful. Here
0: we go. Dr. Lee, here's a statement. Low testosterone can be linked to mood swings, fatigue, low energy, and a lack of drive to get up and do things. Myth or fact. I think it's a fact, but also other condition can cause those symptoms too. All right, thank you. Here we go, Dr. Carelup. Here's a statement: There are no harms in taking over-the-counter supplemental testosterone
1: formulations. Myth or fact? Uh, I would, I would say that's an absolute myth. Thanks, uh, well, you know, the, the the best example I can give, um, and it's not necessarily for testosterone, but people all the time are into supplements and supplements, and it's I want to take a supplement rather than a prescription, and it's a, they're both pills, right? Why would you? But uh, vitamin E, right? You look at vitamin E and so many people that take that and studies that show excess vitamin E causes heart disease. And and so a lot of times uh, we're putting things in our body that haven't been thoroughly looked at and who knows what's in the supplement that you're getting. Uh, and there, there may be risks that we're completely unaware of with it. You know, there's like a nice comic
0: book strip, and I and I might be butchering it a little bit, but there's a there's two there's two lines. There's like a two stands, and there's like a, a receptionist or somebody in a stand, and there's two lines. And the one line says drugs and pills, and, uh, and it's got a full line of people and surgeries, <laughs> and then the line that says lifestyle changes, and there's zero people in that line, and so it's so true. All right, here we go. Dr. Lee will do a couple more of these things, this is awesome. Here we go. Some active steps to prevent erectile dysfunction include exercising regularly, keeping a healthy weight, avoiding smoking or vaping, and taking care of other problems, including diabetes, heart disease, and kidney disease.
2: Myth or fact? Yeah, absolutely it's fact. Yeah. Please explain. Um, because, you know, we, we talk about hypogonadism, low testosterone, some of them is high functional, secondary to some chronic uh, condition. So in those patients, you know, if they can losing weight, they can, they can you know, get more, um, more sleep, you know, those actually will help the, the dose, uh, help the testosterone level and the function more than the replacement. Of- all right, here we go,
0: Dr. Kerala. I think we answered this question already, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> here we go. Every adult male should know their testosterone levels. I hear on the
1: commercials all the time. Myth or fact? I think every adult male should know their cholesterol levels and their blood pressure levels. You Excellent. Know, and their testosterone levels, I like that. So. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I like that. And uh, it's good. As an internist, that makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy. Uh, I know that my specialty colleagues say that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't mind. As <laughs> I actually do for my labs. I actually did have my physical done, everybody. I just going to go get my labs done. It's happening very soon, I promise. I think. All right, here we go. A couple more of these things. Here you go, Dr. Lee. Testosterone replacement therapy may or may not improve erectile dysfunction. Myth or fact? Uh,
2: it's a fact. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for your erectile dysfunction, many things may play a role to it, like the blood flow, nerve problem, or psychological or hormonal. So. If it's related to hormonal, you know, then testosterone replacement, you know, may help it. All
0: right. Thank you. Here we go. Dr. Kerlick. We'll do two more of these. One for Dr. Kirlik, one for Dr. L- Dr. Lee. Here we go. Dr. Kerlick. testosterone replacement therapy will cause prostate
1: cancer. Myth or fact? Uh, that, that's a myth, although maybe a little controversial, but I, I truly feel that, um, you know, testosterone is not the cause of cancer. It's a, I would describe it as the fuel that can feed cancer cells. And, and so... Uh, you know, the question from a prostate cancer standpoint is, well, how much do they need to be activated? And, you know, even if you have a little bit there, we find that cancer cells can be activated in, in, in patients in prostate cancer in advanced states. All right. Thank you. Here's
0: the last one. Myths versus I've seen this one for Dr. Lee. Mm-hmm. I thought of you when I wrote this one on Here we go.
1: <laughs> Testosterone
0: excess will cause road rage, fighting among fathers at Little League Games, and sexual
2: promiscuity. Myth or fact? I think role rage and fighting among fathers may like, play a role, you know. But most <laughs> of it is, is, a component of the, uh, like you know, the culture, you know, society and stuff, you know. Yeah, I think there's
0: other issues at play on this one. But I would say Tesla for sort of well, should not cause fights to break out at little league uh, soccer games or baseball games. So there you have it, everybody. Myth versus fact. So hey, we got about five minutes left. We've been having this awesome show talking about testosterone, you know, breaking down some of the myths, breaking down some of the facts, and certainly breaking down all the realities related to this. So uh at the beginning of the show, I talked about the chief complaint. At the end, we call it the assessment of plan. The set, the assessment of plan is when somebody leaves your office, they have a diagnosis, they have a game plan, and most importantly, a follow-up. So let me ask this question to Dr. Lee first. Um, Dr. Lee, just give us a few take-home points. You know, people have been listening to our show today. Um, what are some take-home points that they should have from today's show about testosterone? How can we keep this conversation going on?
2: I think, you know, sexual health is very important for men and also for, for like, a relation. So, I think, if they think that something may be related, don't hesitate to discuss with your physician. But also, you know, patients should have open mind that, you know, the symptom it also can also be from something else, not related to just... A, Testosterone level. Excellent, uh, Dr. Lee, it's been
0: awesome having you on my show today. Thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule. To help me out. All right, Dr. Careluk, take us home a little bit. Give me a few take-home points out there. You know, people been listening to our show, learn about testosterone, all this kind of stuff that we're doing. And uh, but just what are some messages for people out there, the men out there that are listening
1: to us? What should they take away from the show? How can they be successful relating to testosterone in their health? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so um, you know the, I, I think that it. It has to do with kind of goals of care to some degree, and uh, I look at testosterone as something that it, it may, if it brings you in and, and I can get it better and you feel better, that's great. But we also should consider again overall health and what what is this doing to make me uh, a healthier individual to protect me potentially from future heart problems. Will use of it cause heart problems? And you know it's 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 a very controversial area. Uh, it's not. Right for everyone to have replacement, but certainly worth the discussion if you're if you're concerned about it. Thank you, Dr. Kirlik. It's been a pleasure having you on my show. And my
0: final words are this: You know, guys, listen up. I love talking to guys, of course. I love talking to everybody. But guys, you know, I want you to take your health seriously. And I know many, many of you do, because many of you are my patients, or patients, Dr. Kierlik or Dr. Dr. Lee. We know that people want to do better with their health. Sometimes we have to have these kind of conversations, uh, but we want people to have these conversations. That's the most important thing. We're talking about testosterone. Yes, we need it. We exude it. We need it to, to thrive, but we want to make sure it's done in a safe way. We want to make sure that you have proper testing, but really coming back to your lifestyle. Things that make you feel good, things that give you vitality, and strength and energy to do the things that you want to do with your family, your loved ones. That's really our broader mission, and I don't want you to lose sight of that. So, again, I want to thank thank my guests today, Dr. Hong Lee. Let me read his credentials again. This has been an awesome show. Dr. Hong Lee, board-certified endocrinologist, diabetes and endocrinology group. Check him out, www.drhonglee.com. Thank you, Dr. Lee. My good friend, Dr. Kyle Kiralek, board-certified urologist at Partners. Check them out, www.europartners.com. Hey, you've been listening and watching live on Facebook at intellectualradio.com. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez, MD, and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis. Copyright 2019 by MDG Wellness LLC. All rights reserved. Hey, stay tuned for my next episode. I'll be back in two weeks. We're going to be talking about the best sleep ever. And remember... If you like this show, share with others. This is the only way to get the message out. We want people to take action on their health. I want you to feel great, and check this out, guys. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Have a great day. Check out my website, www.drmarcogos.com, and peace out.